is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it's time to pick up the pieces after a season opening loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night. It's down to the business of uh, the ritual of the season, Mickey Spagnola, as we get into the rhythm of an NFL season uh, with the Monday after and all the uh, the uh, the armchair quarterbacks out there. Mm-hmm. And we get to discuss what happened on Sunday night and then uh, we'll move forward and look forward to a home opener against the Atlanta Falcons where there will be fans in the stands at AT&T Stadium next Sunday at noon. Everson and Mickey, how are y'all doing after a late Sunday night? Yeah, it was a... Doing well. I, I think I was caught in a time warp last night. <laughs> Everything changed with the Cowboys offense. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changed but how they lose games, right? The same story, the reason why they ended up 8-8 eight and eight, uh, last year. Uh, can't, can't win close games. Uh, have a weird call in there and if you think about it uh, last year they played seven games uh, that were decided by no more than eight points so one possession games and they went one and six and how do they start off this season going uh, losing uh, by by three points and not winning a game when they don't score at least 30 points so uh, it was all too familiar to me you guys uh, with what took place uh, the previous season uh, that caused them to go eight and eight. I really could. I can't see, uh, you know, what we talked about uh, all last year and during the problems that the Cowboys were having, uh, we always talked about the play calls. And everyone wondered, well, is it Jason Garrett calling the plays or is it Kellen calling the plays? Well, who's calling the plays? Who's got the final say-so? I hope we're not going through this crap again this year. Please tell me that we're not going to have Coach McCarthy. If he starts clapping his hands all the time on the sidelines, I swear, I'm done. I'm done. It's too much deja vu uh, last night from a team that not not only is talented, it actually showed how talented uh, it, it is in most parts of the ball game. But that's the problem. It's always just in most parts of the ball game not when we really need it. All right, I'm monitoring comments on Periscope, so if you want to chime in, uh, I will pass them along. Any questions you might have? Also, I'm at CBS 11 Bill Jones on Twitter. That's another way of uh, participating as well, as Mickey is in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco, Everson and I at our respective homes. We're uh, I guess everybody watched at home. Mickey, this had to be strange for you, not traveling with the team for the first time in forever for a game, right? Well, actually, it's the second time because uh, if you remember that season opener in 2018, uh, that was the first one I had missed since 19, the last game of 1988. Remember I had the uh, foot infection, came back. Yeah, that's when you had camp. the incident and were suspended, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and, and so, and this was no easier. Watch, I, I just feel sorry 
for the fans that they have to watch it on TV because you just can't see uh, what you could see if you're at the game. Uh, it, it, it's hard to determine who's in the game, who's not, what substitution packages uh, they're using. Uh, and basically, you're, you're always at the mercy of, you know, the, if they don't put the little strip down there at the bottom with down in distance and keep the clock there, you, you're at their mercy. So, yeah, it's hard, it's strange, but you just kind of, you know, as we learned this year, uh, just to uh, uh, make do. Uh, and I don't know where uh, you want to start, Bill, but uh, I just thought that this game, you know what this game reminded me of? And I don't know, you know, folks out there probably didn't, don't have an opportunity or don't watch the Dallas Stars, but uh, when they won uh, the other night against Vegas 2-1, to one, they, they were dominated in that game. And, and the story of that game is they stole the win. Well, the Rams were given the Cowboys every opportunity to steal one last night after they dominated. They had the ball like 13 minutes more than the Cowboys. Uh, they had more total yards, more rushing yards. They doubled the Cowboys on third down conversions, and yet there were the Cowboys at the 11-yard line uh, ready to take the lead uh, early in the fourth quarter, and they didn't take advantage. Uh, and so what happens in these games, and it never fails, when you're going to play these close shaves, these one-possession games, too many times, one mistake, one bad call by the officials, one missed opportunity on, on a, or de, a decision you make will cost you the game. You know, sometimes you've got to just go out and beat people. Uh, but that wasn't the case. And, and so all those little things that I just said all came back to haunt them. They made a decision to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal to tie it with like 11.40 still to go in the game. When they went for it, uh, as the rookie said, C.D. Lamb, I didn't make a rookie mistake. I made a mistake by a rookie. Uh, when he ran his route one yard too short and came down, and they missed converting the fourth down by one yard. Uh, and then the bad call at the uh, end of the game, and it, it just never fails. Uh, and maybe now Mike McCarthy understands what that feels like when it happened with the Dez catch back in 2014. <laughs> so you leave yourself open to have things like that decide the game when you need to decide it yourself. And they didn't take advantage. Uh, the Rams... If you looked at it, don't, didn't you think the Cowboys were like way behind uh, just because the Rams always had the ball and they were always moving it? Uh, and then here they were. Well, certainly an opportunity to win twice, and they didn't steal the game. I think the problem that you have, guys, is the same one that we had last year. Once again, uh, we need to come out of the box uh, full of steam. We, we seem to, at the beginning of the game, in the beginning of the second half, it's almost as if we're trying to prod and probe and see what's going on, which you, at that point, allow your opposition to control the clock and control the tempo of the game. Uh, you could see it so easily. Once the Cowboys had their tempo going, they were unstoppable. Uh, you saw the matchup between our wide receivers and their cornerbacks. 
clearly our wide receivers had no fear of Jalen Rose. They had no fear of that Rams secondary. Uh, I love the battling that was going on. C.D. Lamb was doing his thing, except for, of course, the big mistake on, third, on fourth down. What you can't do uh, as any team, really, uh, the Cowboys found out last year, and even when I played as a Cowboy, when you put yourself in a desperate situation, more times than not, and this is what Spags was speaking on, more times than not, the referee is going to do you in. And if nothing else, they're not going to do you any favors, meaning they will let that pass interference call go by against your uh, wide receiver. Uh, they may not call that holding call against uh, their offensive tackle when your defensive end has, a dead, has your quarterback dead to rights. Clear calls that can be missed. Those things happen when you put yourself as a team in a desperate situation. I've been through it myself. Extremely frustrating to play in those games. And I found out that it's more frustrating to watch it happen, especially over and over again to this extremely talented Cowboys team. You know, when uh, you, you break it all down and, and uh, you know, Cowboys, we, we sit here, we talk about what uh, should have been uh, on the Michael Gallup play as Jalen Ramsey uh, clearly w w sold it and, and the uh, official bought it. Uh, but on the Cheeto, and, and we, we need to quickly point out on the Cheeto interception, there was uh, uh, Alden Smith did make contact with the head of Jared Goff, and so that 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 call went the other way. And to to your point, Mickey, it's when you have these close games, the, those calls are all going to even out. But there are certain plays that have to be made. Uh, in close games in order to come away victorious. And here over the last season, and now one game this year, the Cowboys weren't able to come up with that one play to win the game. Yeah, and, and it, you know, I, I get it. It's a short sample size. This is the one game. It's the first game. But, you know, there, 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 there's losses that you look at and you go, that one's going to come back and haunt us. They had one like that with the Jets last year. Remember they lost 24-22? Sure. And, and, and to a terrible team by the way. And, and my point after the game was, this will come back to haunt them. Had they won that game, you know, they, they might have won the NFC East. They might have gone to the playoffs. Uh, but you can't lose those games that are winnable. And uh, this one, to me, on the road, no fans, no home field advantage for the, for the Rams, and you couldn't, you, you couldn't take it. It was there. And there were some reasons why. So, Let's think about this. The, the two things we were probably most concerned about going into this game, the right tackle position without Lael Collins there, and just what was this defense? How well would this defense play? Well, in the end, they did hold the Rams to just 20 points, but it sure felt like they scored 35. Uh, and they had trouble doing what? Stopping the run. Gave up 153 yards rushing. And, and I would imagine to a couple running backs, not a lot of people knew of. They didn't get any pressure, hardly at all, uh, <clears throat> on Jared Goff. And they looked like they had no clue that they were going to throw to the running back or throw these little screen passes to the wide receiver. And it took them forever to adjust for that. 
And so, like the, the first two possessions the Rams had, Cowboys' heads on defense were swimming. Uh, and the other thing that I thought we <laughs> talked about that I was concerned about was what was going to happen at that defensive tackle position. Well, nothing happened, and, and that was a huge problem. There were too many plays. That defensive front got pushed five yards back. Now, I understand the fascination with rushing the quarterback, but as I always say, if you don't stop the run, you don't earn the right to rush the quarterback. And they were getting gashed right up the middle. That reminded me, guys, of the Minnesota uh, Vikings game uh, here in Dallas. I believe that was on Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving weekend to where we were being gashed by Dalvin Cook and all the running backs for the Minnesota Vikings. What we see here is the same thing as last year. And it's like you said, Spags, it's only one game. I do understand that. But what it is, is it's so eerily similar. It's such a continuation from the same frustrations that we had all last season, especially when we start to go on our little uh, losing streak in the second half of the season. These were the telltale signs that continue to pile up game after game after game. And then we'd, we'd, we'd finish the game, and we'd look at the stats, and we would say something like, oh, well, Cowboys defense is still number seven in the league or some crap like that. When we we'll look at the offense and we'll say, whoa, Dak had a good game. Uh, Zeke got a, a, close to 100 yards. Everything looked good. That's what the stats say. But we talked about this, and I have mentioned it over and over again. It's when you make plays that truly counts for this team. What you saw was uh, game-continuing drives because we couldn't stop anyone on third and two. We couldn't stop anyone on third and three. Uh, talked about it earlier, uh, all, all during the week. All three facets of the game have to come to play each game, and the penalties have to go away. We, we, we assisted the, Cow the, the, the Rams offense on the first couple of drives with so many neutral zone infractions. Mm -hmm. These are exactly the things that we had to go through last year, and I don't want to wait to see if the head coach is going to do something about it. And we're still talking about this in, at Thanksgiving in 2020. That, you know, that is what I do not want. You know, you mentioned the, the, the third down. They converted 53% of their third down opportunities. And if you think about it, if you're in the low 40s, that's really good. 53%. To the Cowboys, 25. Yes. They doubled it. And, 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 you know, if you look at the difference in the offenses, well, that was uh, a huge difference. And, and, and going back to the defense, who was the best player out there? Well, it was the guy that hadn't played a game in five years. Alden Smith. Five years. <laughs> he was the best guy on that defense. Uh, he, en he ends up with ten tackles, a sack, a couple quarterback hits, uh, I, I mean, and, and, and I thought he was great afterwards because when he was getting questions about how well he played, he goes, well, uh, it was encouraging, uh, but it wasn't perfect. He goes, I made a share of my mistakes out there, too. And, and so he did. He his did. And he did, uh, especially against the run, crashing in and not holding down the edge. Uh, and that, that would have yep. been except, I mean, you've got to expect that. He, he was anxious. I mean, how fired up must have this kid been 
uh, to be able to go, I said kid, he's now 30-some years old, uh, to be able to go back out after everything he's done and, and play a football game. But there was, it, it, it was just, it, it took too long for that defense to settle down. You know, we were sitting here, we're, so we're watching the game upstairs. We got a bank of four screens and, uh, and, and it got to halftime and it was like, well, how are the Cowboys winning this game? You know, mm-hmm. and, and one reason was is because their new kicker, you know, clunks a 29-yard field goal off the upright. And you know what? With no fans in the stands, that was the loudest bang on an upright I think I've ever heard <laughs> over, over the television, right? Uh, and then, by the way, you know, new kicker, and we're all fired up about him. Maybe some of those kicks between 33 and 48 we saw him making in practice that he went 29 for 29 they might have and and I don't know what they did when we weren't watching right but they only tried one kick further than 48 and it was 60 he missed it and then he made it well he missed a 53 yarder so now he's one for two that's 50 percent right and I understand it was 50 yards 53 yards but you lost by three points and we saw that too many times last year and uh, one the most, or two of the most troubling things to come out of this loss are a couple of injuries that uh, the Cowboys have to deal with now. Let's get into that when Mixed Shots continues in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to mixed shots. Let Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue entertain you with some of the best hip hop talent 
in the area, whether it's high energy co-ed dance team or the dynamic drum line, either can be booked to provide a unique and unforgettable experience for your virtual or in-person event. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash DCRB for more information or to book today. All right, very, very good there, Mickey. <laughs> Got to practice All right, my let's reading get into skills, the injuries. Right? Yes, let's go. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into the injuries and uh, the two major ones. Uh, let's start at tight end as uh, Stephen Jones was on the fan uh, about noon today, and he essentially confirmed that uh, it's an ACL that Blake Jarwin is dealing with, and so he'll be placed on injured reserve season-ending uh, injury. And uh, Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, looks like the uh, fractured clavicle, as the Cowboys announced uh, last night, requiring surgery. And uh, Mickey looks like six to eight weeks for him. Yeah, the you know anytime you fracture a bone, uh, it, it'll take uh, at least six weeks to to heal. Uh, they do surgery to kind of speed up uh, the recovery time. Hopefully, they can put a plate in there uh, over the uh, over the the fracture. Uh, but that's a tough injury. You know, Tony Romo came back uh, after fracturing his, but then he, what happened? He refractured it. Uh, so uh, hmm. that's a tough injury for a linebacker to come back from. And now they put him, they'll put him on IR recall. Uh, and, you know, no, nowadays it's only three weeks, but I'm sure his will be closer to eight until he comes back. Uh, so. Uh, Joe Thomas, this is your uh, big chance, and I would imagine, uh, you know, Luke Gifford got back into practice last week, and he was inactive on Sunday. I would imagine he'll be active as as a backup uh, this coming Sunday against the Falcons, and then they'll need to see if they need to uh, put another uh, linebacker on the 53-man roster. Um, that's just a shame for him after having the neck surgery and recovering from that. And you know the scary part was, you guys, is when they he was sitting on the bench and they were they were uh, you know kind of checking him out, evaluating the injury. They kept messing with his neck, and it was like, oh, don't tell me. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and 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 then uh, you know it ends up being a, a fractured clavicle, his collarbone. Uh, so you go, huh. But it's like, well, no, that's that's bad too. Uh, and then you mention uh, Blake Jarwin, and he'll be on season-ending injured reserve. He's going to have to have ACL surgery. And normally, what the Cowboys do is they wait, unless there's some other significant damage in there, they'll wait a week or two before they do the surgery to try to build up some strength uh, in your leg before they do the surgery. Uh, and that's a, that's a shame because he really had a good training camp. Uh, and now, you know, it's like Dalton Schultz, this is your life. Remember that old TV show? Uh, and, and Blake Bell ha will have to be kind of the utility tight end uh, because Schultz was kind of going to function as a fullback. Which, by the way, did you catch uh, Antoine Woods uh, Doing his William Perry impersonation on on Zeke's first <laughs> touchdown. Hey, he gave a lead block as a fullback and wiped that guy out. By the way, so that that, that losing your tight end like that, yeah, there's a trickle down effect now. And hey, it's it's the old deal, next man up, because it's pretty hard to find replacements out there in free agency at this stage of the game. 
And, uh, and in fact, Batman on film on Periscope is asking, could they make a trade or sign a free agent to help at tight end linebacker? And even at safety, the, the difficult they, I think uh, the thing on the tight end situation, you know, I haven't been able to go back because the coaches film it and loaded on NFL.com yet to see how much 12 personnel they used. But I did see something where C.D. Lamb had like 87% of the snaps. So that tells me they were in 11 personnel uh, pretty close to 85% of the time. And I think Blake Bell's role on this team will be as that second tight end. And it, whether, whether Jarwin was uh, healthy or not, that, that is Bell's role as, as like the second tight end. While Schultz was more of the understudy to Jarwin having more receiving ability than, than what Blake Bell can catch the football and is athletic, yes. but he's not uh, to that extent, obviously not to where Jarwin was. Sean McKeon is the other guy that they have on the roster uh, who will now uh, be asked to step up. But, the, but the, the really bad thing as far as the Vander Esch injury is the fact, of course, that Sean Lee is starting the season on injured reserve, and he's got at least two more weeks to go before he would be eligible to come off. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that kind of limits uh, that kind of that kind of limits your uh, play calling as well defensively. So now you've got personnel issues that you're going to have to deal with defensively when it comes to third down and the special packaging. Somebody's like like Spag said, someone's going to have to step up, next man up. You know, back in the day, uh, a young guy like myself or Ron Fellows or somebody like that, we would be itching to be that person. I don't know if Robert Thomas is itching and excited about it, but he should be because this is his opportunity. Uh, this is exactly what we spoke about, guys, uh, when we talked about the preparation uh, for this season with no training camp, with the really light practices. Uh, when Blake went down, he wasn't even touched. You know, all he did was try to make a, a, a hook move, coming back to the ball, and he goes down. Those are as scary as the ones that are the non-contact injuries are just as scary or scarier than the contact injuries. And when I saw that, I was hoping it was just a muscle cramp, right? I was hoping his calf muscle had just tightened up, you know, because he was out there just doing a lot of great work, making some great plays. And this is, we were looking forward to that continuation. Of course, who knows what could have happened uh, during the last part of the game if Blake's in the game. Uh, Schultz came in, dropped a pass. You know how that goes. If you see that guy drop that pass, if I'm a QB, I might be thinking to myself, ah, I might not want to trust him tonight. You know, I'll get him in the future, but, but not tonight. So that kind of limits your availability as far as wide receivers that you want to go to in a particular situation. Uh, when we talked about Van Der Esch, you know, I was very concerned about the, what, the surgery that he had this offseason. Everyone just kind of laid out uh, uh, concerns to the side. Oh, no, it's almost like uh, a scope, I believe is how they said it. It's just like a scope in your neck. It was called well, minor was like surgery. <laughs> on your neck. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> That's an oxymoron right there. Minor <laughs> surgery on your neck. But uh, thank God it was not uh, uh, re-injured. But once again, that's just another issue that we have to deal with. Could the lack of practicing, uh, lack of preparation, or the brief preparation, could that have had anything to do with both of these injuries? It's really kind of hard to say. But when you look at Blake Jarwin's injury, uh, this guy's been running around like a, a jackrabbit ever since he's been here. 
Now, all of a sudden, we have this brief preparation, and he goes down without being touched. You have to wonder if there's some type of connection. You know, you had mentioned that last week about the short and not having much uh, contact, if at all, uh, and then having to play a game. You know, when I was watching the other games starting at noon and had both of my TVs uh, going, uh, there was a lot of injuries that were starting to take place and guys were coming off the field and you're sitting there going, oh man, you know, there's got to be something to actually playing football and getting your body in condition to do the things you're going to do. And, and you're right, Everson, when, when he went down, the first thing he did, he grabbed the back of his knee. And so I was hoping for a tendon or a pull back there and uh, not so much. So, so here's, here's what complicates everything because, you, you know, okay, now we're not sure how long Cam Irving uh, is out. But evidently he wasn't good enough to start the game over a rookie free agent from Texas Tech, uh, Terrence Steele. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, when you mentioned they didn't use much too tight end, Bill, I was thinking, well, to help out that right tackle position, they need to use a little bit more too tight end uh, because that uh, kind of destroyed a couple series uh, with mistakes over there yes, in it pass did. protection. Yes, it did. So now you're down mm -hmm. a tight end, and now, okay, maybe you need to use more two tight end, but I don't think either of those two tight ends are going to threaten the defense the way Jarwin would have uh, down the field. And, you know, and the way That's the true. Rams were playing the defense, that tight end going down the hash might have made a big difference uh, be because they were playing their safeties pretty deep, and I don't think their linebackers could run with Jarwin. Uh, so that, that, that injury just hurts, and then you got the right tackle position. Uh, now they got to take, you know, it, it sounded like uh, from what I heard, Cam Irving was not going to be, it would be sooner than later, but not immediately. So, ah, uh, Leo Collins, hurry up, get those two games, two more games uh, in, and then get back on the field. They need them. I, I got to say, guys, this team, uh, hopefully, uh, this loss, and I know people hate to say, well, we learned something during this loss. You do learn more from losing than you do from winning. Let's just be real about that. Uh, what this team, uh, I hope, comes to grips with is the fact that they can still be successful going through this adversity. They can. I mean, you see teams do it all the time. There are surprises out there, and you hope that guys like Will McKay and, and, and the, the front office have signed players with that mindset of thinking, uh, no, there's not going to be a drop-off because I'm out there uh, replacing a starter. You know, as a team, they need to have this culture of coming through and not looking at each injury as an excuse to why we were weak in a particular situation or why we weren't able to uh, pull out a ball game. They should be tired of falling back on excuses. Coach McCarthy should know that this team has fallen back on excuse over and over again and we weren't able to overcome them. He should come in this he should have come in here this offseason with the mindset that we're going to change the way we think around here as a culture. No matter what happens, and I always use the Ravens as an example because their coach has really uh, really uh, uh, put his 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 stamp on the type of attitude that the Baltimore Ravens have. I always use them as an example because they're very stubborn. This team needs to be stubborn 
about their abilities and, and look forward to proving a lot of people wrong, no matter what the hell they go through. You got guys on the bench getting paid. If you're going to get paid, come out here, make some plays, and you'll get paid even more. So whatever is your motivation, then you need to go back on that because this, this team is not in the position to fall back on the same excuses as last year. And, Bill, I think this will set us up. I know we got to hit a break for our final segment, but uh, I think part, uh, and we haven't discussed the fourth down decision, nor have we discussed the uh, terrible interference call on Michael Gallup, which I guess we'll get to. But I think in the back of Mike McCarthy's mind, when he went for it on fourth down and three at the 11-yard line, he was trying to do maybe what Everson was talking about, instill some confidence in this team. Unfortunately, yep. it was bad timing. Yep, and let's get into that when we come back here on Mix Shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To mix shots. Yeah, that's right. All right, celebrating styles and design worn by players and coaches over the last 60 years, half of Mickey's lifetime. The <laughs> Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop introduces the new era 1960 headwear collection. Find the full assortment at your nearest Cowboys Pro Shop and on shop. Dot DallasCowboys.com. Do you have your cap there, Mickey? Uh, it's up on my your desk. Headwear? I've been bringing it down for oh. all the shows, and then when they came up with the, yeah. the read, I left it on my desk. It was a, I, I uh, picked the 60th anniversary uh, hat. 
Well, there you go. This is the New Era 1960 Headwear Collection. And uh, Mickey, the rest of the week, will be wearing, or at least he'll have it in the SWBC Mortgage Studio, won't you, Mickey? I'll use it as a prop. All right. Absolutely. All right. Let's go back. Uh, you alluded to it uh, at the end of the last segment. we got time to get into that and the pass interference as we head down the stretch here. Let's go at the fourth and three. I was very surprised when Mike McCarthy decided to go for it on fourth and three with 11 and a half minutes left. How about y'all? Uh, I was surprised, especially when I realized how much time was still left in the game uh, and that uh, you had an opportunity to basically hit a chip shot field goal uh, to, uh, you know, tie the game. The only thing I could think <clears> of uh, that, that, that made him do something sort of out of character uh, was that he didn't trust his defense. He didn't trust his defense just to, t to have a tie game, that he wanted to get the lead uh, by four points. Which, by the way, had they done that, and scored a touchdown and won 24-21, my score would have been, or 24-20, my score 24-21 <laughs> would have been real close, too, by the way. Right, so I was right. doubly mad hey, uh, that, he, that he didn't pick it up. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? I give him a lot of credit, though, and I, and I think what you said before the break, and this was is kind of what he said when he addressed the media after the game, uh, you know, it was more, it, it wasn't so much what you just said about the defense, it was the offense giving them an opportunity to, to do something, and it, it kind of goes to it, it's jump-starting things or whatever, you know, and, and giving, them, giving them an opportunity to, to take the lead in this game, which they've been outside of the late touchdown at the end of the first half to take a 14-13 lead. They, they hadn't got command of the game. He was looking for a way for them to, to take command of the game. Uh, but I give him credit for this, and, and when talking to the media after the game, he talked in general about the game, and, and he addressed that before he was even asked about it. He knew he was going to get asked about it, and so he even brought it up and, and gave his uh, reasoning on it ahead of time. He didn't shy away. He knew he was going to be criticized uh, for it. And, and the other part of it is when you say it was out of character for Mike McCarthy to do that, I went back after the game, and I stayed up late last night just researching some stuff. I went back through Mike McCarthy's career with the Green Bay Packers, and never has he gone for it in that situation before. Hmm. Uh, down three, in field goal range, and to, let alone in the fourth quarter, even earlier in the game. There was one time... Uh, it was a 2010 game against Miami when they only had 16 seconds left on the clock and they had fourth down at the one-yard line and they ran a quarterback sneak with Aaron Rodgers. I assume in that case they were out of timeouts and he couldn't get the field goal unit on. But it, that was how out of character it was. And so that's why I take him at his word. He's just doing something to try to get this, give this offense an opportunity to make a play. You know, I kind of I go with you a little bit there, Bill, but... To me, like you said, like Spag said, there was just too much time left on the clock to me to be thinking of that type of scenario. I did like the aggressiveness. Uh, let's face it, guys. If the rookie just runs his route correctly, we're looking at a great call and we're possibly looking at a win and this whole outcome is we're going to view it differently. But I must say, even after we've done all of this critiquing, even after we've done all of this critiquing, I still like the attitude of the coach himself. I still liked the game plan itself. 
when the Cowboys were on, they were doing everything that we complained about last year. They were not predictable. When they had those uh, scoring drives, what you saw was just efficiency that was out of this world. I talked about it earlier. Uh, uh, the wide receivers were going up against a pretty good defensive back there that just got paid a whole lot of money. And now this guy well, we, uh, is I've lost, basically uh, having a tough time. Myself. There we go. They're, they're, they're having a tough time with the uh, uh, expertise and the talent of the wide receivers that we had. That part of the game I did like. But defensively still falling into the same ruts, can't stop anybody. And then when you start talking about uh, uh, no, zero and seven on third downs, you know, those are the kind of things that just kind of lead you right back in the same thing. But I'm, like I said, I must say, I enjoyed the aggressiveness about it. When we were consistent, when we were consistent, our offense was on a roll and the defense actually fed off of them at one point in time. Just not enough during the ballgame. You know, I think one other thing that maybe went through his mind is, okay, if we don't pick this up, we've got them backed up. So you got them at the nine-yard line, right? Well, it didn't take but a minute for them to be at midfield. I swear to God. You know, from a defensive standpoint, that's where you really got to shut them. You got to get a three and out and force them to punt from the 10 yard line where you're going to get C.D. Lamb catching a punt at the 50. But the defense can't come through. And, and, and again, it was those key moments last year. And, and Everson said it earlier. You know, they finished top 10 uh, in, in, in yards against. But in key moments when they needed a stop, they could not get a stop, and that was one of those moments where, okay, let's give this, this offense a redo. Let, let's make them punt right from the 10-yard line, and, and we're going to catch a punt at the 50. And you saw what C.D. Lamb can do when he gets a little bit of space on that one punt return. I think it was 20 yards, if I was not mistaken. So, uh, oh, That was a big play, Spags. You just got to – That you was gotta, a big – I thought that was a big return we could feed off of. Right. Too. Well, the, uh, the other part of that, when you're not starting to drive at your own 12-yard line, your own 9-yard line, which are their last two possessions, that's where they started, and you're running out of time, they established Zeke in this game, especially in the second half. He came out and uh, well, throughout the game, really. But, really. But, but once you're down – and you're starting so deep in your own end of the field, you take the run game out of, out of the uh, equation. Yet they should That's have what had... happened all last year. Because we couldn't stop anybody, the, defensively we couldn't stop anyone, that always took away from the effectiveness of our running game. That's, that is so true, Bill. We, we sang that song all last year. All right, Everson, Ever, uh, Jalen Ramsey, as, a, as an old cornerback, uh, what, what do you make of it? You know... I must admit, that's the first time I've ever seen a flop in football. <laughs> Let's think about that. You, as a defensive back, I don't have the guts to play out what I thought was a push-off on a wide receiver. Because no referee to me that I've seen really calls that play. You see, I mean, come on, we grew up, uh, you guys, we didn't all grow up, but we saw so much of Michael Irvin. We saw so much of, of Chris Carter. We saw so much of these bully wide receivers who using their talents as best they can to get open. That, that is a part of running down the field with your wide receiver. 
What Jalen Ramsey realized is that, okay, I'm beat and I cannot recover. Once he realized he couldn't recover, that's when he made the flop move. And for the referee to fall for that, he must have been watching too many Lakers games. I don't know what's been going on. But to fall for that move, that is the most unusual ending to a play that I've seen in a long time. And, of course, the Cowboys are very good at that because we always seem to lose a game in the most unusual situations. Very unusual situation right there, guys. Yeah, you know, what? Right, the, and the you, worst uh, part of that whole thing is that when Corrente did the pool report afterwards, he, he said it was such an obvious call. We had two guys to BS. see it. Yes. Yeah, well, guess BS. what? And, and, and if you watch the TV copy of the play, the flag did not come out until Michael Gallup fell at about the 15-yard line. And then you see the flag yep. come flying out. Why didn't you throw the flag once you saw it? And, 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 and to sit there and fall for that, and it's like I wrote in my column today, I know we're close to Hollywood, right? Universal Studios, they can hire him as a stuntman for, for, for that flop. In hockey, he would have got two minutes. He would have got two minutes for, for flopping. And they fell for it. How do you how do you how do you officiate at this level at this level and fall for that? And and it was the guys that at were in the front. They were in the front of the play. The guy that was closest behind the play, he didn't throw his flag. So what did the other two guys see? They saw this. Come that's on. That's all they saw. That's, that's it's, all that just, they saw. There's no excuse for it. And that's why you guys, there needs to be a sky judge, right? Oh, we can't have the sky judge. Well, they were going to try it in preseason, but we didn't have a preseason thanks to the pandemic, right? <laughs> so maybe we pl blame COVID, right? Because they need a sky judge up there. It would have been so obvious to buzz down and say, pick up your flag. And now they got rid of the challenge on interference. You could have challenged that, right? And, and, and I'll guarantee you, I thought, Carrente, I thought, I when thought he we were going to challenge, but I forgot we didn't have Yeah, him. you don't have him anymore. And, and I'll guarantee you, when he sees the replay, he's going to be sick about the comment he made after the game. Okay, I got that off my chest. <laughs> All right, and uh, we're out of time. In the meantime, uh, somebody uh, check the analytics and tell you if, they, if that play had happened, Gallup makes the catch. Do you kick the field goal or go for the touchdown at that point? I want to know what the analytics. You still had 30 that. seconds to go, by golly. You, oh, you did. Okay. All right. I couldn't remember how much time was left. All right. That does it for this edition of Mix Shots, and we will talk at you again tomorrow. Remember, Mike McCarthy's at five o'clock this afternoon, right here on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!